Hey everyone, welcome to Sick in the City. We're Amanda and Mal, two sick chicks filling the tea on chronic illness. We have a really fun episode today. We're going to talk about DNRS, a tool that has really helped Mel on her healing journey so much. And I'm really excited to learn all about it because it's not something that I've done before. So, so much to uncover, but let's dig in. Hey Mel, how are you? I am high on life. You are high on life. I know. Tell everybody what's been happening this morning that has you up in the clouds. I, I'm like, it's been a roller coaster of a week and morning. Um, I mean, obviously it's October 21st. We're recording today, but like mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's album dropped this morning, Midnight's Era. We are here. Swifties, let's go. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you what you guys are called. I was like, are they the Swiffers? Like, what are they? <laughs> what is the name? Swifties? Got it. Swifties. I, tell me, explain this whole thing about Taylor to me, because I feel like this is maybe the fourth time that she's released something at midnight in the last like six months. Okay. I feel like she keeps launching things. Is this the thing or does she come out with an album every three months? No, this is the thing. This is the her thing. first okay like pop album since lover came out in 2019 so this is this is a long time coming i mean folklore and evermore were albums that came out during the pandemic that she she recorded in her own home and it was not supposed to happen like that that was never going to be a thing um and okay so i'm thrilled you asked me this because explaining the taylor swift thing you know there's a reason people are so obsessed and people who don't understand are like what the hell you know it's it's such a universe and it's kind of i compare it to like the people who are really obsessed with like the marvel cinematic universe where you know if you miss one movie you're gone you're done like it's right right everyone has their things right i mean harry Mm -hmm. potter i mean there's people have their their obsessions yeah i'm with it i'm with it yeah So the reason I am such a diehard Taylor Swift fan is because I have listened to her music since I was 16 years old. She has been a part of my life every chapter and she's only a year older than me. So we have always kind of been in the same seasons of life. And every time an album comes out, those songs, I really correlate with that chapter of my life. Like when she dropped the song 22, I was 22. Like there was a song that came out 15. I was 15 when that came out. Like just, it's always right on the money with where I'm at in my life. And it's been this strange, like magical thing that an album always comes out when I need it. Like Mm -hmm. when I'm in this like big transitional time, like going through a lot of changes, like, and it just really sits with me and like becomes a part of like my life and my identity like there was an album that came out i remember like right as i started college and there was another one that came out right as i ended college and another one like when i first got sick and you know when i was coming out of sickness and and when i moved to new york i blasted welcome to new york that was like the thing i'm like i'm gonna get there that's gonna be the first thing i listen to it's just been intertwined in my life story and so when her albums come out, it's like a monumentous day. And like, it's just such a big deal to me. And I remember that moment 
until like the next album comes out when I'm in a whole nother chapter. And it's just always so fun. And that's why I love her because she's relevant. She always like elevates her music. She gets better and better as she goes on. And so that's really my Taylor story. I (laughs) love her. Um, I feel like we're best friends, but you know, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's a part. And right now you are going through, one of those transitional times. And mm-hmm. so what's been, what's been going on? What's all the news that you have to to tell us today and tell everyone what's been happening? Oh, okay. So I got my dream job. I found out on Monday of this week that I got a new job with an amazing holistic and wellness functional clinic uh outside of austin texas they're called alive and well if you've never heard of them if you've never been in austin i urge you to look it up and even like when you're in austin go make a trip there because it is one of the coolest facilities i've ever been to and i even used to go there you know years ago when i was healing every time i went down there i'm like i have to go do an acupuncture session or or a lymphatic massage or they have infrared saunas and they have iv therapy and peptide therapy and all these amazing resources that when you're working with functional medicine are important. It's really a vital aspect of healing to have those things as well. And I'm so used to, you know, having to send people like, oh, go here, go here, go here. Mm -hmm. You might need this. You might need this. Go check this out. And all of it's in one place. And the, you know, crazy serendipitous aspect of the interview process is that I found out they're opening a Dallas location next year. So everything make sense. Everything. The stars have aligned. Truly. It's, it's so interesting because people often will go to one practitioner, right? Or they'll pick one thing that they're really into. And I think for you and I, a lot of what we talk about on here and both of us in our in our practices, our businesses, and, and what we do is that there are so many different pieces and everybody's toolkit looks different. And so today we'll be talking about another tool that people can add to their toolkit and, you know, being in a place where you can introduce people to new things and different things that they could do, I think is really powerful because it's all, it's sort of like a one-stop shop for for healing, which is so cool. And they have an attached cafe smoothie bar Mm -hmm. with like, you know, homemade almond milk and I can go get my matcha every morning. And it's just everything I remember when I was sick, I'm like, I wish there was a cool place I could go where I'm, I feel at home, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important creating that community and and everyone I'm working with on this team are all women. They're all around my age. And it's just this family, like this immediate tight community family environment where I even got to shadow some appointments and some of the people that came in, I could just feel automatically like it's just this energy. It's this magnetic energy. And I'm so, so excited to get started. I'm starting in a couple weeks, but yay, we can't wait to hear how it goes. I mean, how dared the universe though? Like give me a job and a Taylor Swift album in this week. (laughs) Like nothing's going to get better than this. (laughs) Yeah. It's all, it's all downhill from here. Downhill. I know you're also, um, a little high off of something (laughs) life. Yeah. I have been experimenting with, uh, microdosing, uh, psilocybin and I am really, really excited and geeking out about talking about it because I've been 
studying depression and antidepressants and psychoactive plant medicine for, for the past few months, actually, and just trying to understand the mechanisms of the brain and the way that it works in, you know, why there are so many people taking medications, why we're feeling pain, why we're feeling depressed. And just about 30 million people on antidepressants, mm. it, which is a lot, a lot of people. And I've just been really getting into studying that. And so one of the things that people have been using as a therapeutic tool, although not a legal therapeutic tool is, um, psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms. So mm-hmm. Normally people would take a large amount of it to get super high and melt their face off and the walls melt and all the colors and you see crazy things, but they've found that the, the actual chemical makeup of, um, psilocybin is similar to serotonin. So that they actually look the same when you look at them. And so taking a really small amount, which would be about 0.1 to 0.3 gram. So a very, very small amount actually can help with anxiety, depression, creativity, focus, and just all other kinds of stuff. And it's, and it's been studied. And so I've just been really diving into that. And I tried it this week for the first time. I, because of the legality, I won't explain how I got my hands on (laughs) some of it. (laughs) Um, I won't go into how, but they've been putting it, they put it in chocolate bars. And so I've been experimenting with it. And I will say for, for anyone that has dealt with depression or anxiety, when you come off of a medication and I I came off of my antidepressants, and then I was on a painkiller that had an SSRI, which is a serotonin, um, inhibitor. When you come off of that, it almost feels like the world is a shade darker and you kind of feel like, there's just a little bit more of an edge. Everything just feels a little bit sadder. It's almost like everything gets painted with a shade of gray. Like, it's just kind of like, you you feel like that. And and people that struggle with depression will understand that. And when you take an antidepressant, things get a little bit brighter. And so my experience thus far with, with trying the psilocybin is that I didn't trip out. I've been very in control. I haven't seen all kinds of crazy stuff. I haven't done anything crazy because I'm very afraid to lose control. I've never done mushrooms, even in college. I never did any, did that. It sort of just makes the world a little bit brighter, makes your focus a little bit more, makes you a little bit more creative. And so we'll do, I want to do a whole episode on this Mel knows. Cause I'm just yeah. like, I'm so into this as a, as a tool for people like, wow, but I'm only on day two of trying it. And thus far the world is a brighter place. Oh, I feel I a little that. bit better. And yeah, it's been really good. Nothing crazy has happened thus far. (laughs) We discussed having a small dance party before Mm -hmm. we started recording. Yes, to celebrate. I feel like you and I, it's funny. We're always kind of like, one of us is always kind of dealing with something, you know, because we've Mm -hmm. got chronic illness and, you know, work stress and life. And there's so much going on. And and this is just a really magical kind of like, time uh, my co-star speaking of astrology yesterday my co-star told me you've been waiting for this moment all your life mm. whoa and 
I was like, That's excuse major. me, stars? Wow. Yes. I I know. And you and I were talking recently and I was telling you that I had actually been feeling very blue the past couple of weeks. And I was, I've been in this darker period. And so it's been really great to experiment and try something that makes me feel more like myself, makes me feel a little bit brighter because it's really hard to deal with depression and deal with anxiety and deal with pain all the time. You know, it's something we struggle with. And I chose to take a path off of medication, you know? And so, so I, I'm really excited to experiment with some of these different things and, and other plant medicine that isn't psychoactive or psychedelic, you know, I've been experimenting with a lot of different things with herbs and plants, and I feel very fortunate to be able to experiment with those things. And find things that actually help because, you know, some of us can't be on medication for the rest. I mean, you know, sometimes people don't want to, so, you know, there's, it's good to know that there's things out there that can help. Yeah, definitely. I find that that's something I am constantly talking to people about, like something that they can reach for when they're stressed or they need advice or things like that, because especially throughout healing, you know, it's not like you can grab a beer or a glass of wine or, you know, a donut or like, it's, it's not what is going to help us in those Mm -hmm. moments. And it's so hard to like retrain our brain, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about today Mm -hmm. to crave things that are good for us. It's so hard. I mean, that's not the way our brain works. And so finding things that we can reach for that really do, you know, uplift us in a way it's really rare. And yeah, that's so great that, you know, there's options out there that are healthy and natural and, and can make a difference when you are feeling blue. I think that's yeah. so great. There's so much going on with the mind and the connection with the mind and the gut. And that's also why I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today, because a lot of the things within the chronic illness world are happening within the neurons in our brain. Like it, it is happening in there, right? This connection between our gut, our brain, our vagus nerve, all pulling all these pieces together. And I think what a tool like DNRS does, it gives us control and it gives us power, right? It's empowering because mm-hmm. we can actually take things into our own hands. So yes. I'm really excited to learn more about it. Yeah, me too. I will to teach you and to teach everyone yeah. because this was honestly the last puzzle piece for me. Um, mm-hmm. So DNRS is called the Dynamic Neural Retraining System. It's a system created by Annie Hopper. And she actually has a book that if you're kind of interested in learning more, you can read. Um, they urge you to even read the book before you start the program because it is it is kind of confusing and overwhelming in a way of like, how does this work, you know? And what is this going to, how is this really going to change my body doing this exercise is essentially what it is. And I, I remember at the time my doctor mentioned it to me after something that happened to me and I'll, I'll explain that story. I believe I've actually told this story on the podcast before. I think you have about the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I'll refresh everyone's memories for those of you who are new here. Um, but it is really scary when we have uncontrollable symptoms or flares and that is a sign of limbic system impairment of like you can be going about your day and all of a sudden your vision goes blurry and you get weak and you have a headache or a migraine and it just debilitates you and then you're like 
oh my gosh, this is happening again. And it freaks you out and you're scared. Why is this happening? And then you end up like in bed for days because you're just defeated and confused. And why is this happening to me? And I feel like so much of our story is people with chronic illness is is victim you know like playing the victim because like we have no control we have no control of our body or how this you know how this works and how we are affected by things by food by stress i mean there's so much in our environment mold things that are out of our control and so you know learning about the brain and realizing that we can have the power to change our subconscious thoughts was Mm -hmm. incredible to me. Like it sounded too good to be true. Like no way, no way can I do this on my own. (laughs) Yeah. At the time, what happened that was so scary to me was that I had recently moved out of mold. I probably had been in my new place for like six, six to eight months, quite a, quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And I had seen a lot of improvement, uh, but still not as much as I had hoped. I was still taking like upwards of 16 to 20 supplements a day just to stay feeling well. And no matter what I did, SIBO was still raging inside of me, uh, no matter how little sugar I was eating and, you know, antimicrobials I was taking. It was so stubborn, not SIBO. Right. We also so, go into hypervigilance too, right? Where mm-hmm. we start to then try to, you're like, I have to do more, take more sugar out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I didn't eat fruit or any added sugar for a year and a half mm-hmm. because no matter what I did, if I did eat it, I got bloated, I got constipated, I broke out in acne. Like it just my body was pissed. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really tied it all together for me was when I walked into a used bookstore on a random Saturday. And, you know, it's a used bookstore to the point where there's a lot of dust and, you know, things have been sitting in attics or basements. And of course, it's going to be moldy. And within five minutes of walking into the store, my whole body got incredibly weak and dizzy and my vision blurred. And I was like, oh my God, like it's, it was scary. Like something's happening to me. And I grabbed a hold of Justin. I was like, take me outside. I, I like can't see. And we went outside and immediately it got better. And I remember thinking like, I'm terrified. <laughs> like what just yeah. happened? And I talked to my doctor about it and she was like, Mel, that's limbic system impairment. That's, mm-hmm. that's your brain. It's, it's trying to protect you from the mold because for five years, you were in a moldy environment and your brain trained your body to protect you from it, to keep you alive. And that's really what our limbic system does. Our brain is plastic, it's moldable. And when we are in a chronic stressed state or environment for a long period of time, our brain creates what DNRS calls trauma loops, where essentially you're exposed to the thing that causes you stress or trauma and then your brain goes immediately to like okay well we're in a bad environment we got to keep her alive fire the immune system you know halt digestion keep keep her breathing you know it goes into this whole fight or flight Mm -hmm. and when you're in that environment every single day your brain creates these neural pathways that just learn to expect it it just is like we're going to be exposed. Like, let's right. make sure we've got the immune system on the back burner ready to go. And it just becomes your new normal. And so that's why we begin developing, you know, these fears of 
things that could cause reaction because our body's out of control for such a long period of time. And that's kind of what we have to do in a way to get better. It is important to have that hyper awareness, but at one point or another, you do have to find a way out of that. And if you've been living in that state for more than a year, you're going to have a hard time getting out of it on your, on your own. And that's really what this program is designed to do. It's designed to help redirect thoughts and it can be as simple as putting your pants on with a different leg first, like small, tiny thoughts that you just do without thinking about it subconsciously. Like which side of the bed do you roll off of? Um, Which hand do you use to brush your teeth? Like things that are come so naturally that you start slowly kind of retraining your brain, challenging your brain to think in a different way. So that's what's really interesting about this that I realized, oh my gosh, like that's really wild. I, I am like in fight or flight and I didn't think about it, but that's what was keeping me sick. I mean, essentially right. it was what was keeping me from getting rid of SIBO because my digestion just wasn't working efficiently because my body couldn't relax. So I was naturally constipated and it just didn't go away. And so my doctor first told me about this program after that used bookstore incident. And I went to the website and I watched a couple of testimonials of people who had been through the program. And I was like, in tears i was in tears listening to these people's stories people who had chemical sensitivity and couldn't even leave their house because because everything has chemicals Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the creator of the program was actually chemically sensitive and she had worked in a moldy environment and so it's you know people who have uh like SIRS, chronic inflammatory response syndrome it's it's kind of that same universe because when your brain is trained to protect you from this thing that you've been exposed to for a long period of time whether it's environmental or even like romantic relationship you know if you're if you've experienced any prolonged stress or trauma in your life Mm -hmm. your brain is retrainable right and you do not have to continue going down the same patterns and something that they use to describe limbic system impairment is that you are stuck in a rut if you feel like you are stuck experiencing the same things dealing with the same emotions can't seem to like find a way out of this cycle it means that you can change you can get out of it it's just learning about how to break that cycle Right. And I think that applies, I think, to your point about relationships. I think job things, I think people get stuck in these ruts or have blocks almost. It's almost like an energy block for in relationships with their family members, right? Really these things, these cycles kind of happen. Um, and I think that we almost manifest more of the same by doing more of the same. So to your point about brushing, you know, with the same hand, it's like we go through these motions, we're sort of an autopilot. Um, and Joe um, Joe Dispenza teaches this as well, just so for, you know, sort of like another, another way of looking at it. And I think that we then manifest the same reactions. It's, it's the definition of insanity, right? Mm-hmm. Doing the same things, getting the same results, doing the same things, getting the same results. So this program, it sounds like kind of comes in and flips that on its head a bit. Yeah, 
And I do also really love Joe Dispenza. I, I have worked with a lot of people who have done his programs and it's very much in the same world. And I think it's really just about which one you connect with more. Um, mm -hmm. cause it's, I will, and I'll tell you a little bit about what the program entails because before I ever got into it, I had no idea. I had no idea. I was going to go to the in-person workshop and just like be in depth with the creator of the program and people who are also dealing with these debilitating symptoms. And, and I, I think something that will probably resonate with a lot of people is that for so long, I felt stuck. I felt stuck. I felt like my life was on pause. Like I could not move past my chronic illness period of my life. Like, and mm -hmm. I, I wanted so desperately to do that. And I know I've mentioned this before that, that for a really long time, I felt like the old me was dead and gone. Like in order to just live a happy life, I had to embrace this new lifestyle, this healthy me, this person who, you know, loved paleo and, and right. didn't drink alcohol. And, and of course there's times where I look back at like that crazy girl in college drinking like crazy and having the time of her life and being like, wow, you know, what a different time, what a different me. Right. Um, but it wasn't that you, it's not that you have to like let that girl go or let that person go. It's, it's about integrating and like intertwining both lives, both selves. I mean, as you grow, as you come out of illness, something that I really was heavily dealing with was fear, was fear of what Everything. if I never get better? Yeah. What, what if yeah. I never get better? What if I can never reintroduce new foods? What if I can never move away from Texas? What if I can never, what if I, what if I do get better? What if I do get better? And then like, want to start drinking alcohol again, but now this new community that I love will judge me for it. Like it was all this fear. It was crazy. I mean, and I didn't realize how much it was controlling me until I started this program. And that's really the first step of, of what you do is kind of unpack all those dirty thoughts. <laughs> and it's so hard. <laughs> I remember it was so painful to do that. And, and the program itself is about three days. It's about three days and it's online all on this website or you can buy a DVD. You can do in person as well, but I mean, if you're at home, might as well, it's cheaper anyway, but they're both there for you if you want them. But the whole first day was all about unpacking what's going on subconsciously in your brain. And man, it was uncomfortable. I had no idea how many things like I was kind of contributing to in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I actually brought up some of the questions from the program. Just oh, to fun. go through some of these because this is essentially their way of helping you understand your trauma loop. So Okay, first and foremost, the first question, focusing on pain or body checking. Do you find yourself obsessively talking or thinking about symptoms of illness? You may find that a lot of your mental energy is spent on tracking or identifying physical symptoms. And then it asks you to put an example of body checking. And then fortune telling. Do you find yourself predicting how you will react, example, how long you will be sick, fatigued, or in pain afterwards if you engage in certain activities or go specific places? Or do you often predict how others will react? Do you avoid situations or alter ways that you live in a self-protective manner? 
I mean, I, like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you another one because it just so many of them. It's so it was so relevant to me at the time. So obsessing about fear of chemicals, fatigue, pain or anxiety. Do you find yourself constantly worrying about the future or your state of health? Is most of your inner and outer dialogue about symptoms, symptoms of illness? And I mean, there's 27 questions like this. Mm, yeah. And I went through and I was like, shit, like, <laughs> this is me. Like <laughs> Every single question, I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. And then you have to dig deep and like pull examples out of your brain of how you're self-sabotaging. And it was exhausting. I remember. Yeah, like, I'm sure. I was so drained. And then once you figure out what your brain's doing, the program itself helps you put together an exercise, an exercise that is specific to you and your needs, to your brain, your neural pathways, and it helps you create a mantra. And your mantra is really like the cornerstone of, of what you do every day, your thoughts and your practice. And you, it was the hardest part for, like for me to come up with the mantra because it has to be something that's like emotional, that like hits you when you hear it or when you say it. And it can be short, it can be like a sentence or two. And so I like picked all these words, all these things that I wanted or things that I didn't have. And, and instead of saying like, I want to be healthy, you have to say, I am healthy, mm-hmm. like, and really believe it. And, and you don't believe it at first, of course, like, you don't start there, but that's what the program does is like help you form these new neural pathways where you are becoming that person that you want to be. And so my mantra was, I am healthy. I am strong. I can do anything I want because for so long I felt so held back. Right. All the things I wanted to do that my illness was holding me back from. Right. And so that was just the mantra portion of it. But the really, really fun part was that you get to kind of create new visions, new new memories, things that you want in your future, kind of in a means of manifestation, but Mm -hmm. in a more literal sense, you know, because I think so many of us are like, how do you manifest things to happen? (laughs) Yes. Which we will also cover. We will also do that on another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We love manifestation. Um, (laughs) But in general, kind of creating it in like a more literal sense Mm -hmm. felt really comfortable for me. And in a way, did help me get to where I wanted to be. So I think the most powerful aspect of the program is the portion of it where you actually have to go through and write down your happiest memories. So this is something I feel like a lot of people have done in therapy where it's like, where's your happy place? Like pick your happy place and go there when you're feeling stressed. So that's kind of what you're doing, but you have to pick like the three most powerful memories you've had in your life the ones that like you come back to you think about you and you write down all the details like what did it smell like what did it feel like what was the temperature what was the smell what what color do you associate with that feeling all the details and you know me i love a good story i'm a, <laughs> I'm a storyteller so every single day when i did this exercise I told myself those stories of those memories mm-hmm. and I got into detail. I mean, the practice in and of itself every day, and this is kind of the hard part, is that yeah. you have to do it every day for an hour for six months. 
I think that's the turnoff to a lot of people for sure. Yeah. Cause that's, but that's the work, Yeah, you know, so it's either be sick for the next, however many years or, you know, work on doing this for six months and get through it. Yeah. And it's not like you have to sit there for an hour and do it. Um, you can break it up into like 15 minute segments. Cause the practice is only about 15 minutes if you do it simplistically, mm-hmm. but, uh, I really enjoyed it. And so I did it twice a day for 30 minutes. It becomes this tool. It's almost like meditation. You know, if you're in a stress state and you're like, I need to go outside and like take some deep breaths and, you know, do my meditation. It's, it's kind of along the same lines. And the part of it that was always really impactful to me was the memory portion of it. The memory portion of it was always my favorite part because I got to like time travel back into the old version of me. And it was so fun and so powerful. Every time I did it for the first like two weeks, every single time I cried, mm-hmm. like every time. And it's like digging into that. Like I'm back in college. I'm 21. Like I wake up on a cool, crisp fall day. It's tailgate season. I'm meeting up with my friends at 8 a.m. And they hand me a shot of tequila. Like just the stuff that you don't even think about now anymore. Right. Right. That you didn't have to think about then that now is like, you know, it would send you. Yeah. I would send Mm -hmm. you like totally reeling now. Yeah. And it's those fun memories. And then the part about it for me that, that really made the biggest difference is that after you tell yourself that story and let your whole body fill, fill up with that feeling, you take three deep breaths and then you physically take a step forward. And then you tell yourself, the story of a memory that hasn't happened yet, something Mm -hmm. in your future. And that that's this like scientific aspect of it that like is actually pulling and creating the new neural pathways in the direction you want to go where you're creating a future self, a future life that's safe, that feels good, that feels joyful, where you're not living in that state of fear. Mm -hmm. And when you do that every single day for six months, it creates new patterns in your brain where you're not stuck anymore and you're free. And essentially that's, I mean, that's why I moved to New York. Like I, one of my future memories was me moving to New York city and and like walking down the streets of Brooklyn and, you know, and just, and I got there and I did it. <laughs> and like, right. it just felt so real to me that I was like, I can do this. I know I can do this now. I'm not afraid of it anymore. Like I, and Within the first six weeks of doing this program, I got off of almost all of my supplements. I went back and muscle tested and I only needed four out of the 16 I had been taking. I was having two bowel movements a day. (laughs) It's a lot of people's dream. (laughs) That is the dream, my friend. (laughs) That is the dream. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I feel like... 95% of the people that come to see me are constipated. Everybody wants to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're living in a state of fight or flight. Like everyone your digestive system isn't working. Right. And you know, I always do this little comparison of like, you know, a a gazelle out in the wild who's running from a lion. Mm -hmm. They're in fight or flight. They're not going to stop to poop. Like Mm -hmm. their brains telling them run for your life. (laughs) And that's what we're doing every yeah. day. Our body's not going to stop and use the bathroom. Yeah. So it was crazy. Even like during my practice, like 10 minutes into my practice, I would have to stop because I had to use the bathroom. Like, because mm. my body had not 
been in that like parasympathetic state. And so mm-hmm. all of a sudden my insides were like, oh, <laughs> time to go. <laughs> and it was so good. I mean, it, it was like the most in sync I've ever been with my body and with my life. And like, you know, I, I remember you talking about once, I think in our our life purpose episode where you're like, mm-hmm. and slowly but surely you're creating a magical life. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's how I felt like when I was doing that practice. And the thing that really surprised and impressed me the most was probably two months into me doing the exercises. I was at work one day and somebody was spray painting inside and I was trying to like get through it. I put like a mask on or something, but but still within like five, 10 minutes, all of a sudden, like my vision went blurry and I got a headache and, and like, I couldn't see, I couldn't breathe. And I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I went out to my car and I did my practice. And within 30 minutes, all the symptoms disappeared fully, fully back to normal. And -hmm. I could go back inside and go to work. And normally when that stuff kind of happened, I would have to find a way to get home and I would be laying in bed for like a whole 24 hours without. Right. Right. So it's a tool that's, that allowed you to live your life. And, and I think the piece about the memory is because it's, it is similar to this idea of manifesting of sort of when you're feeling the things you want to feel like really feeling that in your body. And then you start to bring that into the present, right? It's then you start to feel those things or you attract almost these experiences that make you feel safe, right? It just validates the safety. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that feeling of fear is because we don't feel safe. You're not safe in your environment. You're not safe in your body when you have chronic illness. So you're really creating a place for yourself to kind of retreat to safety and be protected. And then your body can relax and calm down and do yeah. what it needs to do. So I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's giving the power back to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like one of the things I f- hear people say all the time is like, I'm trapped in my body. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's how I felt too. Like I was always like, why me? Like, why, like, yeah. why can I not fix myself? Why can no one fix me? even though I knew I could get better. Like I knew it deep down. That's what kept me going. Like was that I knew one day I would get better. And I just, I held on to that belief as hard as I possibly could. Even though I did everything right. I worked with all the right doctors. I did all the right protocols and supplements and diets and lifestyle changes and made sacrifices. I still didn't get better the way that I wanted to. And I remember just feeling like, when is this ever going to end? and not knowing that that it was always inside of me like mm-hmm. and that when you are have checked off every single box every box on that list of like everything we need to do to heal and it's still not working that's when you got to think about your brain that's yeah. when you got to think about the subconscious because yeah. if you've been living in this reality for years like that's a necessary piece of the puzzle yeah, and I talk about it with everyone who's been on this journey for a long period of time. Yeah. And I, and I went through it as well. I didn't do DNRS. 
I sort of did it my, my own way, but, you know, with more of the Joe Dispenza type of type of energy really. Cause I, I read his book and I, and I really did it sort of my own way as I have to do things in life. Like I couldn't do DNRS because I tried, I had bought it. And then I was just like, I'm just on my own path, but yeah. uh, the way that I described that moment of learning that I had the power and sort of getting to that next phase that you're describing was feeling like a prisoner and realizing that I had the key. So I was keeping myself in this cage, right. That we keep ourselves in. And then I had this moment in meditation where I was like, the person that holds the key to let me out of this prison is me. I hold that. And every single time I say I'm in a flare, I don't feel good. I can't do that because I'm going to get sick. I can't do that because I don't have the energy. I kept myself in that cage. And so when I released myself from it and started changing those things, the way you're describing it is I stopped saying those things. Like I had to stop the way I was speaking. I had to stop the things I was doing that were keeping me stuck. Yeah. And sort of like, and get out of that place. And so I think it's powerful for a lot of people, however they get there, but to make that transition of, you know, it's not, you're not sick because your brain is making you sick. It's not like all in your head type of thing. It's more that we keep ourselves in that place and we don't allow ourselves to move forward because of what we've experienced, the PTSD, right. the trauma. So it's, it's powerful stuff to, to release yourself from that and move forward. Yeah. And we all have to find our own way to yeah. that point. I mean, it is, it's really important that it feels right to you. Mm-hmm. And I know something that I actually, I think I even talked to you about this. Maybe the, when you find yourself like holding yourself back from mm-hmm. starting a program or like a DNRS or like a meditation. Like when you find yourself like, oh, like, I don't know, like, I'm just not ready to do it yet. Or I don't feel like doing it yet. I'm not in the mood for it. Those are the moments where you need it the most because that's your brain's way of staying comfy in its routine. And yeah, it doesn't want to do things. Mm-hmm. But I think it also is you, our bodies and our brains and our intuition, we know the things that are going to work for us. And I think that our, we're sometimes so afraid of doing something different because what would your life be like if you weren't sick? Now it becomes, it becomes part of an identity, right? You're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what my life has been now. Now I've created all these things around that sort of tell this story, right? I've created all the things to make this true. What am I and who am I without this? And I think, yeah. so that's the part of DNRS that you're talking about that I think is really key here is like, you are creating what that world looks like. And that makes it easier to step into that world than just like, well, I'm no longer going to be a sick person. Well, then what? Yeah. Then it's a free fall. And you're just like, ah, no, no, no. It's easier to be sick. It's easier to be in pain. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was really interesting kind of even coming out of the DNRS practice and like finding my new normal because Mm -hmm. it does encourage you to try new foods to try new things. That's like a big part of the healing process. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I, I am still a person with autoimmune disease. There's mm-hmm. a limit to it. Um, yeah. but for anyone who like, you know, follows Danielle Walker or like anyone who eats paleo for autoimmune or creates cookbooks, like they still 
will drink alcohol like on social media you'll see like there's times and times where they like they kind of branch off and try things and you're like how are they doing that like like i still can't do that like it makes me so inflamed i mean yeah it's still causing inflammation but like it's it's a matter of balance it's a matter of finding what works and how much and how you know your limits yeah. everyone has and limits. not spiraling and yeah. not and and letting it be okay but it's it takes time to yeah. get there oh yeah like i did kind of go off the deep end a little bit for a while i mean it took me probably like six months before i found myself like totally not being afraid of the stuff anymore and being like f you chronic illness you know i was just like i'm just gonna do all this stuff that i haven't been able to do in a long time and i had so much fun i mean that's really when i moved to new york and i was like trying all the gluten-free desserts that were so loaded with sugar and like all the apple cider and you know gluten-free beer and and margaritas i remember a couple of times you'd be like oh like i went out and had mexican food and actually had margarita like you know and actually could be in a situation like that yeah yeah and i remember like it's one thing to not be afraid of it um but another <laughs> to still like not feel great <laughs> so yeah which which happens but i think it's like that element of like i'm going to try things and have it not be so scary you know hypervigilance is a trauma response yeah and it's one that we're all very familiar with it's it's one of my personal go-tos and favorites of hypervigilance but it's so we feel like we have control in these situations and i think it's about giving yourself the options to that. If you go out with some girlfriends or you go out with your significant other and you want to get a glass of wine, that it, the choice is yours versus I'm looking at a menu and I, what can I have versus what do I want to have? And when you allow yourself that freedom, you start to make decisions like, well, I am feeling really good and I want to keep feeling good. So I'm going to get the paleo dish, or I'm going to get the vegan dish and I'm going to keep doing that. And maybe I won't drink, but I know that I can. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's so freedom. Yeah. That's freedom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's really what I was looking for all along. And I think the most humbling thing about the entire process was that I still found my way back to what I was doing when I was, yeah. Sick. Cause I it's mean, what you really like to do. And it's what's make, it's what makes you feel good. It's what makes me feel good. But knowing, you know, like when I get my dream job, I can go out and I can celebrate and live a little and mm -hmm. not be afraid that it's gonna send me into a flare mm -hmm. and that is how we get through this in one piece you know i mean that's life like we have to have balance we have to have freedom if not it's sad <laughs> and yeah and i know we've both experienced that reality and and just knowing that there is a way out of that um yeah. and there is a way to find balance is so powerful and i mean it it really did change my life changed my yeah. life i was still working photography before i did dnrs i i was afraid that like you know if i couldn't prove that i got better how was i ever going to be a good practitioner you know yeah. like that was something that really held me back for a long time and then realizing like you know that i still could do what i wanted to do and 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 bringing that reality into my focus and, and realizing I could, I could do it. I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really life-changing. And I mean, I met you because of it. Hey, like it, so much has happened all meant to be meant. To yeah. Be. Well, thank you so much for 
sharing that really important key to your healing and part of your journey with us. I think that that's going to help a lot of people. And, and again, you know, if you guys check it out and it's not the thing for you, look into things like Joe Dispenza and, you know, he does morning meditations and evening meditations that are similar, you know, there are ways and, and we will, you know, continue to do our best to fill you guys in on all the, the things that have helped us along the way. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and put my affiliate link in the, in the Mm. episode notes. Um, just if you want to check it out, if you're interested in looking into it, I'll, we'll have all the info in there for you and, and feel free to always reach out to me if you have more questions, because obviously I love talking about it. So (laughs) yes, yes. It's so incredible. And just to keep the good vibes rolling, I'm really excited to dive into our hot gas. We Yes. Okay. Well, why don't you kick it off? Cause you're really the queen of hot gas. I am. I? Yes. I am the jester. I've been watching Gilmore girls for the past two weeks. I am like, <laughs> and Bravo, but we both watched fate, the wink saga season two. And I think it was maybe one of the first times in our, our deeply hot gas rooted relationship that I was like, you need to watch this. I watched it first and you need to watch this. And yeah, was I right? Was I good for once? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Well, it's funny because did you watch the season one before me? I feel like you don't know. Oh, maybe. I don't remember. I feel like we watched it around the same time. Like we were both had gotten into it. Yeah. But I know that we, so Faith the Wing Saga is a show on Netflix and it's got a little bit of fantasy in it. I I mean, it's, it's got Harry Potter-esque type vibes, which I was telling Mel about, but it includes fairies and witches and, you know, but it's not over the top fantastical, you know, there's, it's regular looking people, you know, existing at this magical school, basically. Um, And their season two just came out last weekend and I didn't remember season one no to be honest I mean it came out like when we were still quarantined and there was nothing to watch and so that's why we watched it you know I mean it did look really fun it's based on like an animated show that I'm pretty sure I watched when I was a kid so uh, I definitely didn't it was it was within the I don't know, anime type of worlds. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Am I too old for it? I don't know when it was on. I never saw it before, but it was a cartoon show that they've brought to, to life and gave it a little bit of a darker twist as well. Yeah. And I mean, who doesn't love a show with like a lot of hot young people? I mean, it's, it's just a lot of really beautiful, uh, magical, characters mm-hmm. and it, yeah, it's a who good are time. dating who are all dating in real life we have confirmed that the two lead characters are dating in real life and then i am spreading rumors about another two dating yeah. but i don't think it's actually <laughs> true but it the season two you know i think was off to a little bit of a slow start and so that's why you only watched a few episodes and then i don't know i was super into it i don't know if it's because it has been really cold here in New York and I was just getting into the fall freaky vibes, but I was super pulled into the second season and it's short. It's only what seven, seven episodes. episodes. Yeah. It's easy. It yeah. was very quick and easy. And I, yeah, I just honestly fell off of it because I've been really, really heavily watching bachelor in paradise, um, which I know I said I was not going to watch bachelor and bachelorette, which I still plan to not, 
but yes. I just Bachelor in Paradise is so nice to just like have on in the background while you're doing stuff and so I just kind of ended up accidentally <laughs> watching it a lot but I started finally watching the rest of season two when Amanda was like you have to watch it it gets better it gets better I was like okay and it really did of course I mean it gets real intense like this show um is not like normal like teen you know they're they're not afraid to do the hard stuff I mean there was a couple times I was like holy cow like I mean just pulling moves like I know something we've had um complaints about is that Outer Banks is like scared to kill off main characters or yeah. you know, scared to do anything too intense to to the yeah. people we love but this show has no fear they no fear yeah, yeah they they do it I I thought it was interesting that you say that about the kind of high schooly thing about it, the teen vibe. And then all of a sudden they're dropping F-bombs left and right. And I don't know if that's them trying to move it into an older demographic. I, I just thought it was interesting because, you know, we've grown up watching a lot of those teen shows on channel CW. I was going to say channel 11. I don't know what it is around the rest of the, the country, but so, you know, CW shows where they don't curse like gossip girl and vampire diaries. And it's sort of within that realm, but then all of a sudden they're cursing or they have a sex scene and I'm like, yeah. Oh, we're on Netflix. Yeah. Well, I think shows, yeah. I think everything these days is like way more relaxed with, with saying fuck. Like, I don't know yeah. why, but, uh, we're gonna have to bleep that out no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> don't let the children hear um I don't know I I really do think that like I don't know if this is like the Olivia Rodrigo effect or what but like she's a Disney kid and all of a sudden she came out with an album at 17 and she says fuck left and right and and I remember being like what is happening and I think it's yeah. just kind of like then it's, it's we weren't used so to it though anymore. yeah it's yeah. like not as big of a deal, which is great. Like I'm here for it, <laughs> but I think it's always kind of shocking when you hear like young people cursing left and right. And you're like, <laughs> like yeah, <are> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's super interesting, but it, it definitely, it's a good, it's a good one. I, I recommend watching season one and season two and getting into that. If you are into some of the a little bit more fantasy type shows. I mean, I know the Lord of the Rings show is going on right now and that just ended. So if that's something that you were into or Game of Thrones, I would say, you know, add this to your list and, and check it out. You know, obviously with a grain of salt, you know, it's not HBO, but I would <laughs> definitely check it out if you're sort of into yeah. more of those fantasy type shows. And honestly, like you really put it into perspective for me when you compared it to Harry Potter, because I don't know. I I couldn't really like connect with the story much at all. And and as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, like because it's magical kids at a magical school learning about their powers and and there's yeah. like the big bad evil that they're trying yes to and the avoid a war one. yeah the chosen yeah and there's one. like the chosen one who's got it. So I would say yeah, maybe like a little bit more of an adult Harry Potter. Mm, yeah, ish maybe. Ish. There's Maybe. sex involved. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't do that in Harry Potter. So, no. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit, yeah, a little bit older. So that's, that's been really exciting. That's so funny. Yes. And I mean, really, like I wrote down a list of some stuff I'm, I'm watching, but something I did want to mention was that I went to go see the movie Bros in theaters, which mm -hmm. is the new rom-com uh, made by Billy Eichner, who does Billy on the street. And the whole 
movie is about an openly gay rom-com love story it is fabulous and so fun and it's honestly like for everyone and i know something billy has really kind of talked a lot about is that it's not getting as like much viewership um and he's Mm. like it's because it's gay it's because people are closed-minded and stuff which i think is is kind of sad because it really is it's mainly a comedy before it is anything else it's i was laughing so hard the whole freaking movie and it's it's made by the same people who did forgetting sarah marshall like it's Mm -hmm. judd apatow and like the cast is brilliant the script is brilliant and I said something quite bold to Amanda, but I feel like it's probably the best adult rom-com I've seen since like Crazy Stupid Love in 20, 2009 or whenever that. Yeah, you know, I can't like, wait to see it. I just don't want to go to the movie theater, but I'm definitely going to watch it when it comes yeah. out oh, in my when it comes out in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of coming out in living rooms, um, I believe after Ever Happy, the movie finally comes out on November 8th on dvd what is so. that name after ever happy i God. hate it I, i'm pretty it's sure that's horrible. what it's called right Something i think like so that. i think so <laughs> i that's the one of the after movies Ugh. and then sex lives of college girls which is a show that mel and i watched last year that i could not get the name of and kept calling it sex lives of high school girls and mel would yell at me and please tell me that that is not legal and i was like i just could not like i had like a mental block i felt like my dad like i just kept calling it the wrong thing oh my so god i don't even know if i'm gonna watch it because i just feel like i just shouldn't be it's allowed to so fun it's so fun i love the girls in that show i mean it's mindy kaling you have to watch it yeah i will i will watch it but i just Good. thought that that was funny that it's back it's back yes yes and i mean i know we were also talking about watching rosalyn on hulu mm-hmm. which is kind of like a fun short movie that's kind of a spin-off of romeo and juliet uh about romeo's ex-girlfriend that's like trying yeah. to break them up or something it looks so yeah fun. it's um yeah it's a little bit of a twist on shakespeare she she is trying to break up romeo and juliet and kind of flips that story on its head a bit which i think it's fun i love a period piece yeah i'm here for it i'm gonna yeah. watch that this weekend hopefully yeah i mean i'm just so distracted i don't know that i'm gonna watch any tv and just continue to listen to taylor swift for the next week so here's hoping there's more hot goss to cover on the next episode but I do think that's all we have for everyone today. It, I'm I'm so glad we got to chat about DNRS. I, I really hope that's able to help some of you guys. It really was the last puzzle piece that helped me, you know, get to my finish line. And and I am hopeful for all of you. So if mm-hmm. if you enjoyed, please, as always, leave a rating or review or comment on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe if you dare. And we will talk to you all very soon. Happy healing. Yeah.